Military Mom Talk Radio. We know behind every soldier, sailor, airman, and marine is the family supporting them. With over 200 episodes in 17 countries, over five seasons, with three million monthly listeners, we are Radio Strong. Now here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Robin Boyd. everybody this is sandra beck and i'm here with my very good friend who's also the owner the operator the chief creative consultant the everything behind durable people thrive so you want to go on facebook and look up linda crater that's spelled k-r-e-t-e-r did i get that right You know, it's so funny because Linda and I've been friends for a long time. But when I first saw the way her name was spelled, it anchored in my head the wrong way. So I always have to think like Linda Moon Crater. And that's how I remember how to pronounce it. But you want to check out Durable People Thrive on Facebook. So it's Linda Crater, Durable People Thrive. And today we're going to talk about durability. And another word for that is resiliency, which I think is the more technical term. And when people tell me I'm durable, I I feel good because I like durable products. I like my washer to be durable. I want my eyeglasses to be durable, which means we last and we thrive and we do well under pressure. And Linda, I love that you've created this group and these programs because it is needed now more than ever. We agree. And we have been working together for over a decade in radio and Right, because after yet another setback, we are all um, experienced at finding hurdles in life. And instead of finding a way out, we find a way through. And one day when my neighbors just said, you know, you're really a durable person. And from that came Durable People Thrive, because you realize that with Asian experience, that you have some skills in terms of how to pass through things and to sequester your energy, keep your spirits as stable as possible, because it's the ups and the downs that exhaust you. And once you learn some of these skills, resilience can be bolstered. It's not a trait you're born with or not born with. It's something you can actually grow and increase. And so I've been intrigued by that for a long time. So I have begun uh, online classes and discussions and masterminds in Durable People Thrive and and what that means. So you in particular come to mind (laughs) because your 2020 was even more special than most. Well, it was, you know, I got diagnosed with stage 3C cancer, and I went through cancer treatments during the pandemic, which I have to tell you, it's all in the way you look at it, Linda, if I had to be sick, and go to have treatment, how wonderful it was when nothing else was going on. You know, one of the things when I was reading this book about, you know, resiliency and cancer treatments and getting through and they're like, oh, the hardest thing is not being able to see friends and family and oh, you're in the hospital and you're missing this, missing that. Well, I didn't miss squat. Like it was a pain, you know, to obviously go through all this. And it was lonely because I couldn't have a friend come in and share that time with me. But in the grand scheme of things, and that's a big part of resilient thinking or durable thinking is how do you frame what's happening to you? And how do you speak to yourself? I think we underestimate 
self-talk. And when we say harmful things or negative things, it just forms lovely neural grooves, highways in your brain that become your default. So if you find yourself with automatic negative thoughts or importantly, around automatically negative people, it's time to take a look because it can be very contagious. So one of the things I know you did was surround yourself with people who were uplifting to you, who did not diminish you in any way and did not say, gosh, you'll be great. You'll be fine. No, they were like, I'm sorry you're going through this. What can I do to help you, bolster you, uplift you? And that is very important. So how you talk to yourself and who you surround yourself with and the messages you gain. Hey, Linda, I'm just going to jump in here for a second because now is a great time to thank our sponsor. And as we're talking about messages, boy, do I have a great message from our sponsor. Our sponsor today is Best Fiends. And if you've listened to this show for a while, you know how much I love this game. I have loved this game for over two years. Yeah, that's right. I've been playing it over two years. Totally proud of that. And I like it because it's unique. And there are like cute little characters. There's great music, tons of fun puzzles. There's this amazing storyline. And it never gets old. They update this stuff regularly and they have really cute, clever holiday things. And that's why I love playing Best Fiends during the holiday season because it's got this holiday flair to it. It's the perfect pick-me-up when I need a break from all of the holiday like everything. And there's always a fresh challenge waiting for me when I need to have one of those pickups. And you know what? Best Fiends has literally thousands of levels. I mean, how great is that? And more are added all the time. So I want you guys to download Best Best Fiends free today on the App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends, you're going to be so glad you did. And I am going to open up my phone right now. I'm going to activate my Mega Boost and I'm going to win levels faster. I'm going to get extra moves and I'm going to get 30% stronger Fiends. If that sounds good to you, check out Best Fiends. Download Best Fiends free today in the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. You know, I'm a giant nerd and I like to think of the. Me too. <laughs> Like the human body is is you know like a like a computer operating system. Like you're you know yeah. you have your phone and you you download an app and your phone will do certain things. Well, if your brain is the computer of the body and the body yeah. is the program that runs it, if my brain is telling me you're going to die, this is terrible, you're going to catch COVID when you go to the hospital, all these things, you know, battles are won and lost in the minds. And you know, one of the battles you don't have to choose is what to get people for holiday gifts. And I'm here to talk to you about our sponsor today. And by now, you've probably seen about a thousand gift guides for the holiday season. Gifts for moms, gifts for guys, gifts for your neighbors, cousins, dogs. Man, you could study all those guides and shop in 10 different places. Or you could start your shopping at Raycon and get a gift everyone will love and that they will use. Raycon wireless earbuds. And I really like these, you guys, and I have to tell you why. First of all, they have amazing audio quality wherever you go. They're useful for anybody on your list. And even better for you, they start at half price of the other premium audio brands. Now that is a huge savings. And what it means to me is that I can get more for my money. And when I looked at these um, wireless
wireless earbuds and got my own pair, I couldn't decide between frost white, rose gold, flare red, electric blue, and carbon black. And I ended up buying two pairs for myself, even though it was like my own gift to me, that I was really happy with because I could keep one in my office, I can keep one in my gym bag, and I'm always on the go. And my Raycon wireless earbuds stay with me and they stay charged. I really like it. And with free shipping and returns, gifting is easier than ever. So the holidays are coming up faster than you think. And now is the time to knock out that gift list and avoid the last minute shipping scramble, especially because right now my listeners will get 15% off site-wide with code HOLIDAY at buyraycon.com slash militarymom. Go to buyraycon.com slash militarymom and use the code HOLIDAY today to get 15% off your entire Raycon order. Buyraycon.com slash militarymom. It will be a great choice. So go ahead, buyraycon.com slash militarymom. And Raycon is spelled R-A-Y-C-O-N. So buyraycon.com slash militarymom. You'll be so glad you did. Now we're talking about choices and you get to choose your thoughts, choose your feelings. You can choose your holiday gifts. You can choose, choose, choose. The way I'm choosing to think, because all of our thoughts are our choice, whether we want to agree with that or not. When you choose the thoughts or you choose the people you want to be around or you choose what goes into your brain, you know, what, what you watch on YouTube, what you listen to in podcasts, all of these are choices. And when you realize that battles are won or lost in the mind, you realize your mind controls your body. And I just want to give a quick example of that everyone can relate to. Nobody likes going to the gym, but everybody feels good after they go to the gym. I think we can all agree on that. That's kind of a universal thing. Well, why don't we go to the gym? It's not because we have a flat tire. It's not because, you know, we, we, we have other things to do. Our mind says, I don't want to go to the gym, so I'm going to do laundry instead. I'm going to stay in work late. I'm going to go and, you know, watch TV. I'm too tired. I'm too this. Our brain is programming our body to not go to the gym. And so if you want to reprogram your brain, you can actually sit down with a piece of paper. And I did this, Linda, because when I was was recovering my health, I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym. I'm so tired. I have just had all these chemotherapy treatments and blah, 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 blah. It was just blah, blah, blah. And what I found is I sat down with a piece of paper and a pen, sometimes a napkin, And I wrote, thank you for my perfect health. I love working out and eating smart. And I would write that out, you know, 25 times a day for 30 days. And when my my willpower was failing, I went back and I rebooted up that program in my brain. And now when I look at going to the gym, I'm like, oh, I love going to the gym. And if you had asked me if I ever would say that in my lifetime, no, no, no. But I was able to reprogram my thinking just like a brain, just like a computer, like putting a new app in your phone. But it is a computer. And what you also did was changed your default from negative to positive. And and one thing that I absolutely love about our brains, as you put it, is that we can create new neural pathways of positive thoughts that then do with habit and intentionality become our default. And so you, you find that you have now made a choice about the change and, and 
it's not by chance. It's intentional. You have really done a big job there. But I would also say there's another word that you exemplified. And I think that a lot of um, very strong men and women also exemplify, and that's character. You, you face a hurdle head on. You don't avoid it. We know sometimes we have to climb over the mountain and not around it. And so we do it. And so I, I think there's just a persistence and a durability to people who are willing to take the risks and take a different perspective on things. Because if someone tells me I can't do something, that's a perfect way for me <laughs> to say, really? Want to really? bet? Watch this, hold my beer. Right. Exactly. So so I I do think that our self-belief also, so you've got your self-talk, you've got the people you surround yourself with, and I, I think you also can spark extraordinary things at times like this. You you are accomplishing small steps that you are seeing results from. So you took care of yourself. You took care of your family. You took care of your mind. You took care of your physical health. And it turned out just fine. Not everyone will be that fortunate, but you did. And and I, for one, am grateful. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. Um, You know, I think resiliency and durability in some of us is developed younger. Like, I think if you're a younger sister and you have older brothers like I do, or you come from a big family, that's kind of a sink or swim childhood. And many of us grew up to be resilient or more resilient than others because of early life circumstances. I think of my kids spending all that time in court with their father, like that helped them build as painful as it was. Those difficulties that we have in childhood are good training grounds for the difficulties we will all face at some point in our life. And that's when we get back to this like durability and resilience, see, being a mental thing. And this is where you kind of have to have, I call it a come to Jesus. You can call it whatever you want, but it's a get real moment. Like what, what makes you think you should go through this life and not have hardship, not have medical trials, not have relationship issues? Like, this is where I kind of blame the Brady Bunch because they were able. Ah, interesting. Right. I mean, when I was growing up, I watched a lot of television after school and sports in my town didn't start till the late afternoon and our you know school gets out at three. So I'd watch Gilligan's Island. I watched Bewitched. I'd watch the reruns of Three's Company and the Brady Bunch, you know, all these, you know, sitcoms that we're used to um, of our generation, you know, having on reruns in the afternoon. And what did they teach us, Linda? Anything, no matter how magnificent could be solved in maybe one 30-minute episode or two. Like if we had to have a cliffhanger with Fonzie, you know, with happy days going to the next week. But but everything always worked out in the end. And that was very comforting. But it also sent a message to me and maybe to you too that 
hardship. Oh, yes, it'll come. But in 30 minutes, it's fixed and everything goes back to normal. And, you know, and it's funny because the Brady Bunch opens with two divorced and a death, you know, really negative. And these parents get together, you know, the blended family. Anybody who's ever had a blended family experience knows what a nightmare it can be. But these kids resolved everything in 30 minutes. And that really gave me an an unacceptable view of life. And if you have the choice to think about life and you go, okay, life is hard. Life has challenges. Life has difficulties. Life has unexpected things. But in the end, it'll all work out. And it's not going to take 30 minutes. Sometimes it can take 30 weeks. And that was one of the things that I think we have in our society right now is this impatience. You know, we've got texting, we've got social media, we've got instant, instant, instant. And in especially in health recovery, in emotional recovery, in trauma recovery, none of that is instant. No, it is not instant. And by setting our expectations falsely like that, we are not doing ourselves any favors. And in social media, things we've learned that if you need to respond instead of I've become a scroller on by if it is not going, if I cannot contribute positively to a discussion, I scroll on by or I like it. I am much more patient after I've gone through a lot of things because I I take it from the view of the other person. I do laugh, though, because I'm a very empathetic person, which is a blessing and a curse, because it means I always understand why the other person was not so nice or wasn't kind and So I don't ever get angry at people. I just try and understand them. In some ways, that's not setting a right expectation. But coming back to your thought, I agree with you. Setting the expectation is there. But I would also venture to say, when we come upon troubles, we have to ask ourselves, is this real? Does it matter? Is it perceived? Will it matter three weeks from now? Or is this just an annoyance that I really can pass on by or not give my energy to. I have been huge of late of just not letting energy vampires take over. They're just not welcome in my world. I don't shun people. I simply put a little distance between those that are not serving me well and that I can't serve well. And it's a mutually beneficial decision. Again, a choice. Well, and I love what you're talking about because you're talking about two of my favorite principles that I like to teach. I taught my kids this. I teach all my clients this. Number one, it's okay to love people from afar. Right. That you can still love them. You can still, you know, talk to them maybe every couple months, but you don't have to be around them. I have a couple of friends who I had to love from afar and family members because they were just so negative. You know, I get on the phone and they're like, how's your, you know, chemotherapy going? I'm like, oh, well, you don't have good days and bad days. I'm trying to frame it in a way that, you know, makes it acceptable to me, too. And they're like, oh, well, my friend had this and I was reading that and this and I'm like, I, once I felt that my energy started to take a nose down, yes. immediately change the subject because there are people you can't avoid. They could be a sister, a parent, you know, a, a right. child, you know, and all of these people can be negative in your life or m- can make things worse. So if you can't love them from afar, change the subject, 
just and most of the time people who are this way they're kind of self-absorbed because they're not really thinking about what you need Um, so change the subject to them like when people would come up to me and you know especially like my kids friends parents who are well-meaning and they're starting their you know cancer doom and gloom of how their aunt died like this is really not helping me no so i would flip it right back to them and i would go so what's so how are you feeling like what's you know how's your health and i would train it like just like as soon as like hitting a tennis ball back they would volley over what i call the verbal vomit they would start on this thing and the oh my god and this person died of this and la 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 fine hit that tennis ball back and change the subject over to them hey you know i noticed you got a new car or hey i saw something blah 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 change the subject if you can't get away from them change the subject it's okay to love people from afar and then my other rule of thumb and you know my ex-husband hated this about me but i personally loved it about me (laughs) asking the question is this really about me right 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 when you know, my ex-husband was a really good passive aggressive. And sometimes I'd come home from work and he'd be fuming in the kitchen. And I would literally walk around him, get my soda, go in, sit down, turn on some TV, catch up on the news, maybe go through the mail. And he would be going through the roof, slamming stuff to make sure I knew he was mad. Now, here's the thing. Here's the rule of thumb, Linda. Real simple one. If you don't tell me what I did wrong, it has nothing to do with me. You don't own it. And walking past things you don't own anymore is another way to avoid the energy vampire. And, you know, it takes us time to learn those things. I was in a similar situation for a long time, as you know. And yet... It's so much easier looking back and realizing that if I'd had the skills I have now, I could have short-circuited some of the misery. And yet, we are who we are by the experiences we've gone through. And I tend to think they're very helpful to other people who go through similar experiences because we can be relatable and we can speak on a level that people understand. I'm concerned right now with a lot of this victim mentality as opposed to the victor mentality. Oh, absolutely. And, absolutely. and you, you just win if you if you say, okay, I, I'm going to find a way through, um, look for a way, not a way out, um, and, and treat it that way. So we don't do anyone a disservice if we create out of them a victim or a martyr. And so I stay away from the triangular communication. I stay away from the passive aggressive as much as possible. And then, you know, you simply reframe thing. Is it real? Is it mine? And is there something I could be doing about it? And if there isn't, then empathy and compassion, kindness, Use them in abundance because they really do help to smooth the waters and then move forward. Keep moving. Well, that's my grandma had a great um, and I didn't really understand it, Linda, when I was little, but she had a great thing with resiliency training. And, you know, she obviously was from Germany. They had, you know, come here to the United States. They had been under terrible duress and, you know, all these awful things that happened to him, them. And, you know, when you have Holocaust people in your family, 
Um, it's got its own set of surprises along with that, but also comes this amazing resiliency of the human spirit. And my grandma used to say this to me, and it was, I got it only after I got divorced and my world fell apart. She goes, scrape your heel and move on. And I'm like, what is that? Ah, mean? Okay. And she said, sometimes you're walking along the street. Now we were in New York City, you know, or Rochester, New York. When you're walking on the street, she goes, you might step in dog poop, right? Everybody's done it. Nobody likes it, right? She's like, you have to go to the side of the curb. You got to scrape your heel, meaning scrape the poop off your shoe and keep walking. You scrape your heel and move on. Now, that doesn't mean don't deal with it. You know, you're not ignoring it. You're not pretending it didn't happen. You're doing what you can, which is scraping the poop off your shoe so you can keep going because the point in life is to keep going. And that's when I, you know, when you were talking about that victimhood and people putting on this COVID mantle of victimhood. Yeah. You know what? It sucked. People died. People got really sick. I got COVID and I got it in New York City and brought brought it back to California. I was super spreader sand and had no idea I was sick driving around the neighborhood oh, and no. infecting everybody because this was before, you know, yeah. I was the first that first wave and I've never been so sick. And, you know, I, and I have cancer on top of it. So, you know, that's kind of stepping in dog poop and you have a choice to make. You either scrape your heel and move on or you stay standing in the dog poop forever. It is your choice. Well, and then you smell, you <laughs> carry it around, you stomp it onto other people's carpets. Yep. You really start to spread the negativity and the victimhood. And, and pretty soon no one wants to be around you because right. people may love you, but if they don't like you, they're not going to want to be around you. And so you know, I, I, I am your classic people pleaser, but less so these days, because again, I used to be a responsibility-aholic. If someone was unhappy, I must have done something. I am no longer that way. I, I, I own what is mine. I apologize. I you know, make restitution as best I can. But if it is not mine, I, again, I voice the empathy and the compassion, and then I decide where that will, I make a choice about where I will go next with that. And I have found over the years, especially through the, the COVID years, as we'll call them, that my circle has become smaller because I don't want to be among fear-mongering people. I don't want to be among those who only talk negatively. I don't want to be among those who are voicing a narrative of any type. Left, right, or in the middle. Uh, you know, stop pontificating and talk to me as a person on an individual level, because if I want to read, I'll just go read the news or listen to the news. And that's really a, a whole nother story altogether. But the same goes for social media. I mean, we are what we feed ourselves. So not only the people that we're around, but the sentiments we surround ourselves with. I have a neighbor who watches a very specific uh, television station 24-7 and every once in a while I have to say you know if you surround yourself with those four people and me I can only dilute the poison so much 
<laughs> because you, you really have five cups. Four of them were with poison and one is water. That would be me, the neutral one. And it, it's sinking in after a while that you, you can't be surrounded with things that make you miserable all the time. You know how when you take a, a pear and it's in a bowl and it's next to another pear that's starting to get overripe? Yep. They they. They conta- the contagion of spoilage does it to both. And so it's important to make sure that you are keeping, keeping your boundaries clear. I think boundary setting is very, very important. And it doesn't have to be a, an electric fence or a taser. It can simply be understanding what true boundaries are and and very kindly and firmly just knowing what yours are. And, and that's a tough thing for many people to do, especially if they're people pleasers or if they've had a habit of always helping other people because givers need to set boundaries because takers have none. Well, givers have none, but neither one has boundaries. <laughs> right. You but know. for sanity's sake, it's a good idea to know which, which hills you're willing to climb and which hills that you're going to take the other road. Well, and, and all of this requires slowing down, Linda. Like Intentional pause. Absolutely. Right. Slowing down. And, and, you know, like like when I was I, I was forced to slow down, you know, when you're sitting there having a, you know, a chemotherapy drink. And yes. there for seven hours, you right. have time to think like that was one of the great things that happened since there wasn't all these distractions. And yeah, I could have spent all that time on my phone. And, you know, sometimes I did. But when you slow down and you think, okay, how does this make me feel like I'm not encouraging everybody to be completely self-centered, but... I have a lot of friends that I really like, but then I realize when I'm together with them, Linda, I leave feeling less than, or I leave right. feeling sad and depressed. And, you know, there, there's a reason the founding fathers made voting private. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so I don't care, Linda, who you voted for. I don't care who you're going to vote for. That has nothing to do with why I like you as a person and why I want to spend time with you. Now, if you throw your politics in my face, if you throw your religion in my face, if you're what you call pontificating, you're not having a conversation with me, that's got to go. And I realized a lot of the people in my life, because I'm a good listener, just were using me as a sounding board. And when it came to for me to speak... And I speak on the radio every week, so I don't feel the need to get my word out, you know, with my friends and family. But I realized that I was just everybody's sounding board. And that when I had that aha moment, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's not good. Right. No, I agree entirely. And my question I ask myself is, okay, what am I learning from this? Because I, too, was around some people who I realized I'd outgrown. I I was continuing to grow. I believe in lifelong learning. I read a lot. I want to learn. I love new ideas. I have curiosity about so much. And if I'm learning, I am uh, inquisitive. And if I'm around people who don't wish to learn, they want to stay stuck, go ahead. 
but I won't be staying stuck with you. I, I might still love you, but I will put some distance, as you say, love them from afar and move forward. So we, we found out a lot about people during the pandemic. We really did. We also found out that many people did not have the skills and the tools to know how to move forward with the uncertainty we were living with. Well, you, you know what I got how was, you know, with the pandemic was how many people think they know what goes on in other people's heads? Like that was the big aha for me because we've got all these people making value judgments mm -hmm. and, you know, somebody like, and I'll, I'll give an example. I wear a mask and I don't have a problem with it. That's just me. I don't care. I, I there's bigger <laughs> things in my life to worry about than flipping on. Right. So there was a group in town, a Facebook group of anti-maskers called like help our kids breathe or something like that. So, so I joined it out of curiosity because I wanted to know what are people so up in arms about? And right. I got people texting me, what are you doing in that group? You wear a mask, you're vaccinated. Why? And I'm like, I was just curious. Like, right. And I think what has happened with social media and everybody presenting these false fronts that people are walking around thinking they know what other people are thinking and they're so busy thinking about what other people are doing why they're doing this why they're doing that it's like you know what figure out what's going on in your own head first figure but out no but we're, that's what i was doing i was going around thinking oh this person's this way because of this and i'm like oh my god i'm one well, of that's, them that's the empath thing but I, I i think one of the biggest things that i discovered during the pandemic is that people don't want to look inside they don't want to grow in self-awareness they find out that it isn't as clean and organized as they thought it needs feng shuiing it needs something because it's really pretty gnarly and, and it's not it, easy it's not easy and oftentimes it's like cleaning a closet you've got to take it out first make a bigger mess before you organize <laughs> it and put it back but the, i love this saying if you fail to go within you will go without. And so unless you learn what your own values and character and core characteristics are that you seek to live by, it's hard to make your choices about other people and other ideas and other concepts and other perceptions. And we have to think independently for ourselves. I, I, I don't think I know how to think dependently. I, I, I'm just too curious for that. And I, I'm like you, I like to explore things. I did a huge amount of reading. Um, my background, as you know, is clinical trials. So I read all the clinical trials and things on things, but I didn't bother sharing them because it was far too controversial and I didn't want the controversy, but it was an intellectual exercise that I found very, very rewarding because it was a field I knew and felt comfortable in. And you also feel more secure if you know more. So uncertainty is a fact of life. Change is a fact of life. The only thing that's going to change is it's going to continue to change. Right. And so the better you can become at adapting to change and circumstances and, and doing it with your head up and your, your spine strong, you really are able to manage and master each thing as it comes along. It's only one step at a time, one day at a time. I don't know how many people I keep saying to, why are you worrying about next week? 
isn't such and such happening tomorrow? Yes. Okay, then get through today. Then get through tomorrow. If you don't bite off too much, you really can make progress with things in a sequential, ordered manner without becoming engorged. Well, and, you know, I love that, like, little bites at a time, because that goes in perfect alignment with that, you know, kind of what's going on in your head versus, you know, trying to figure out why other people are doing what they did, which is like the, the epitome of egoic hubris, because yes. when... When you sit in a group, listen to people talk about each other. Just just bear with me here for a second and think, look at the amateur psychologist sitting there at the table going, oh, well, Linda did this because of this and Sandra did this because of that. And there's an immediate payback. You feel good about yourself. You figured it out. You've controlled this other person. You have created a story around them that makes you feel safe and secure. You know why this person did that. It gets back to that core immediacy of us not being able to live with uncertainty and discomfort. And that's a big part of resilience. You know, when you were talking about people getting upset, what's happening next week or the week after, that goes back to our core thing of going, wow, life is unpredictable. People are unpredictable. I don't know why these things happen. And we can often intellectualize things and put people in a box. And I saw this when I went to court with my ex-husband. He had so neatly tied up and delivered these stories about me and why I do these things that had absolutely nothing to do with the truth. They were his truth. And so if I'm trying to describe you, Linda, and tell me, tell other people why you do the things you do, I'm an idiot because I don't know you and your reasons Half the time, I would bet you don't know your reasons. Because only worry about me. One of the other big things that I, I helped people with and coached on during the pandemic was that you can't change other people. Right. You can change your response to them. You can change yourself to adapt. I'm a sailor. So you adjust the sails or you, you know, change your heading onto the wind. So, I, I mean... All my life, I've realized I am not in charge. And I'm grateful that I am not in charge. I have a strong faith foundation, and that's what guides me. But whether you have a faith foundation or not, you're not going to change people. You might persuade people if that's what your goal is to do. But I, I would rather live a life that people choose to follow or be influenced by than to tell them to be influenced by something. Well, so people, if you're really strong in a conversation, I've seen this and I've done it myself. People sometimes just agree with you to, sh- not you personal, but you know, people will just agree I, to the speaker just to shut them up. Like just to be like, uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Shine them on. Like, you know, you I, can't, you can't control people's thoughts. You can't get in their head and figure out why they're doing things. You get in people's head and, and try to figure things out. You're still using your own frame of reference. And this is why I think that, yes, we can we can make guesses and we can ask people to validate what we think. But most of the time we never do that. We just talk about, you know, the, the you know, our amateur psychology things. But at that core, we go back to that acceptance of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. That's what I think people struggled with 
the most in the pandemic because they're like, well, when is this going to be over? When is the vaccine going to come out? And as opposed to sitting in your kitchen going, I don't know. No one really knows. Fauci thinks this. Trump thinks that. Biden thinks this. Pelosi thinks this. You know, everybody has a thought on it. But the fact of the matter, Linda, is nobody knows. Now we have some African variant that's, you know, coming up. We just don't know. We do the best we can. And I don't think especially the American people can sit with uncertainty. And I think it's been a valuable lesson for most people. They've gained something from it. People changed their priorities. They spent more time with family. They realized they didn't want a five-hour commute per day. They realized that there were different ways to do things. They realized it was sometimes more difficult to communicate electronically than it was in person, but they adapted to do it. I, I often tell people, okay, we did lose a lot during this time period, but we also gained a lot in terms of introspection and figuring out what works best for us and our families. There were some good things that came out of this. A lot this. of good things. A lot of good things. And by framing it that way, I always say sometimes you win, sometimes you learn. And as long as you're learning from your experiences, no, I will never be a mind reader. It's way too gnarly in other people's heads because I know what it's like in mine. Right. And, but I, But I will always look. In my own mind, because I'm very interested. But again, I'll say it again. If you fail to go within, you will go without. So it's sometimes very valuable to just be still and to to ponder, Okay, I am feeling extremely stressed out. Why? What am I feeling? What are my signs? My eye is twitching. My shoulders are raising to my ears. I'm not comfortable. What is making me uncomfortable? Because the more you can identify those things, the more you can either avoid them, mitigate them, or change them altogether. And so knowledge is power in many ways. So I I would urge everyone to keep on learning and reading and understanding. And And asking. And asking questions. Well, that's what coaching is. You ask questions. Right. And answers are within us. Yep. And ask people why they do the things they do. You know, many times they can't answer that um, because you're asking them something that they haven't really thought about. But sure. uh, It's but it is there if, if you ask it the right way right well and before like this is that social media judgment that i see people jumping uh, on people right they're jumping on people like what is it seek first or or ask first and i don't know whatever that thing is (laughs) yeah before you comment on something maybe ask why they said something like you know i've seen so many different um social media strings go down where somebody says something and then people jump all over them like that's not what i meant at all because you've been given just this tiny snippet and that's the one thing i think that was that big aha for me of going wow like how i read that sentence was vastly different the way linda read it or joe read it or fred read it or you know whatever we all had this interpretation and it really gave me an idea of the complexity of communication because again goes back to uncertainty yes 
We need to be more flexible. We need to manage our own mind and manage our thoughts. We need to choose our thoughts, choose our feelings. And we need to ask the question, why did you say that? Or why did you join this group? Or why did you do what you did? And I don't know is a perfectly acceptable answer. I don't know is a full sentence. I I did post somewhere in the pandemic, um, is it true? Is it kind? Is it helpful? If it's all three things, then go ahead and post. If it is not all three things, it's best when in doubt, leave it out. Yep. And that's my philosophy personally. It may not be other people's. And some people were getting out a lot of aggression on the social media platforms. And I, I try to avoid that. I, I really try to avoid things that are diminishing and diminishing of not even just me, but of other people. I work very hard on the business pages that I manage to keep the culture positive and kind. And it isn't by accident that it is that way. It takes conscious time and effort to do that. But I will always do that. Sure. Well, and one of the things like you, you, you touched on it was, you know, to think like, and this is an acronym. That are, well, yeah. it sounds funny, but this is what, you know, I learned this from my kids because they were taught it in elementary school. Right. They're like, think before you speak. And everybody goes, oh, well, what does that mean? And this teacher, and I wrote it down because I love it. Do you know what think stands for? Is I, it I know, true? I know a couple of them, but tell me this one. Yeah. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And it's is it kind? Yep. So if we think before we speak, we need to ask ourselves, is this true? Or are we just spreading gossip? Is it helpful? How does this help the situation? Inspiring. Does this bring us up or put us down? Is it necessary? When you think about how many things people say that are not necessary. And then lastly, is it kind? So right. when, when my mom used to say, think before you speak. Well, I thought I was thinking before I speak. I clearly wasn't thinking right. And then when my kids came home from elementary school and they're like, mom, we learned how to think today. I'm like, ha ha ha, that's good. And they're like, do you know what think stands for? Well, I didn't. And I've never forgotten it. Think before you speak. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? Like whoever developed that in the middle school or the elementary school deserves the Nobel Peace Prize. Because if we all thought before, use that think before you speak, imagine how much better the world would be. Well, you're also talking about clear communication skills. People don't understand that all of this social media and texting and some of the more immediate messenger things Mm -hmm. um, don't make for excellent clarified communication. And so misunderstandings are so rampant because texting can mean... Some people can read tone into texting. Some people can look at your emojis and go... What, what did you mean by that? And and I, I laughed because you know then that something is upsetting them that has nothing to do with you. Right. That, that they're just responding or reacting, I should say, to something that doesn't make them happy. And I, I also come back to that wounded people hurt others. That's right. And so I they, they truly do. So if, if you find that you're saying things that you're really not happy about, take a look inside. You're going to have to do it at some point. Take a look inside and see where which is the part that you don't 
really need, which is not serving you well anymore. Because a lot of people used crutches during the pandemic that they probably hadn't used before. People took up smoking again. They, you know, did not exercise, as you've already mentioned. A lot of people ate a lot of comfort food and gained the COVID-19 pounds. And so all of these things, in, in essence, don't make us happy. My one regret is that I wish that we'd been getting the same level of messaging on wellness that we got on illness. Because it was a perfect opportunity to talk about how healthy living is so important and and why it really does matter. Your mind and body and spirit are all connected and and you are living proof of if you keep control of mind, body and spirit and feed it good nutrients and fuel, things are much better. Absolutely. And so simple message, unfortunately, a missed opportunity. And my company's name is Wise Health. So I did what I could during the time period, but it's not a universal message. We spend a lot more time on the controversial and on the illness versus wellness. But you and I are both very conscious of wellness being far more than just food, nutrition, exercise. It's it's the needs we have. It goes with Maslow's hierarchies. There are nice-to-haves and need-to-haves, but the better that you can surround yourself with good, positive things, your whole outlook changes. And those around you change because you start to attract different people. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, I want you guys to go check out Linda Crater's Durable People Thrive on Facebook. You guys will love it. There's so many cool things to do there. And remember, battles are won or lost in the mind. So think about what you're thinking and don't forget that acronym about think because that one is just super fun. Is it true? Is it helpful? Is it inspiring? Is it necessary? And is it kind? I think that's a really good rule to live by. We'll be back again next week. for spending time with us today on Military Mom Talk Radio. We've got more than 200 episodes available to you anytime on iTunes or at our website, MilitaryMomTalkRadio.com. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. We look forward to another great conversation with you on Military Mom Talk Radio. Military Mom Talk Radio.